Might not be over yet. Five seconds to oh, he's out of bounds. 13! 13! Can you believe it? He's kicked 13! Hey everyone, welcome back to the 13th episode of the Boyo Boy Wowie podcast. Today we have another huge guest who played 225 games, kicking 270 goals. He was also All-Australian twice and kicked goal of the year in 2008, and he's also a Premiership player. Please welcome Leon Davis. Thanks heaps for coming on today, Leon. Nah, too easy, boys. No worries. We'll just jump into some questions. Yep, sweet. How did your football journey begin? Um... It was probably due to probably just being the main sport. Mum and Dad were, well, Mum was a pretty big uh, AFL fan and uh, loved their football and that passed down from my grandparents and that as well. Dad knew how to play a bit, so sort of passed that down to us, um, me and my two brothers. So um, from a very young age, it was in the family and um, it was something that, you know, all the family did. So uh, no surprise that we got into it as well, me and my two brothers and all my cousins and that as well so um so yeah so we were sort of brought up into it it was the main sport of growing up in that um in the winter so um so yeah something that i fell in love with pretty early and and uh yeah worked pretty hard on yeah when did you really take that next step and start taking footy seriously um well it was all about always about enjoyment for myself um we always loved playing footy and from a very young age it was um yeah i'd passion for it and had a had a dream to play AFL at the, at the highest level so um always knew in the back of my mind that it was something that I wanted uh something it was a dream of mine to play AFL so I was there from a very young age um I suppose I started taking it a bit more serious when mum and dad decided to move the family from uh the wheat belt um northern down to Perth which is about 100 k's so um down to the down to the city to further our um yeah our football and, and, and play in some better competitions and and get out of the uh the little town that we lived in so um so once that happened i suppose then really sort of you know started to think really really serious about giving it a good red hot go and and yeah got more serious about it and started making rep teams and and um and yeah sort of taking my football a bit further was there any stage during that time that you thought you were going to get drafted or play afl um, no, I suppose my, my final my final year in the under 18s was was the year that sort of gave me a bit of a hint of that. Um, sort of got invited to the draft camp. Um, sort of played league football when I was 17, 18 that year. So the year that I played my final year in the under 18s, which I turned 18, I played state 18s and and played some league football in the waffle, which was. Uh, which was an achievement in itself, something that I didn't really realise at the time, but now that I look back on it, it was something that, um, yeah, being a 17-year-old playing league football for the uh, Perth Football Club was something that uh, I look back on now that I'm, that I'm proud of and that sort of held me in good stead to, to get drafted and, 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 yeah, sort of went from there. What was that like playing for Perth when you were 17 at such a young age? Um, it was pretty daunting. Um, at the time, I just loved playing footy. So, um, so it didn't, didn't really matter whether it was uh, in the under-18s against boys the same age as me or or younger or, or against grown men. So um, looking back now, it's something that um, 
there wasn't much of me. I think I weighed about 50, 55 kilo back then. So um, it wasn't, wasn't too big. But, um, yeah, I was very, very quick. So that sort of held me in good stead to, to play against the bigger bodies and and uh, mature-age footballers. So, um, so yeah, looking back now, it, it's something that, yeah, I look back now. And, and blokes like Chance Bateman, he, he was in the same team. Uh, Darren Glass, he was in the same team as well. Uh, we had a few boys that got drafted that year as well. Ryan Hargraves was one of them. Um, I forget who the others are, but we had a pretty good side that year down at Perth Football Club, and we took out the uh, under-18 grand final, so that was good. Um, so, yeah, that year really helped me in good stead to get drafted and, and took me to where I wanted to go. What was that like to get drafted with a few, like, not the same team, but to be drafted in the same year as some of the players you'd already played with? Yeah, well, I played all my juniors from when I started footy. Played all my juniors against Chance Bateman. He's a really close mate of mine. He grew up in York, which is about 30 k's from Northern, where I grew up. So we played juniors against each other all that time. Darren Glass is from Northern. Played against him in football, basketball, whatever other sports we were doing other than football. Sort of he was in one side, we was in the, I was in the other. So sort of played against him all those years. And then, yeah, to eventually get um, into the rep teams and get, you know, down to Perth and, and we all travelled down and played in those rep teams before we went to the Perth Demons, that was our region, so we all rocked up there together and to play in that same team that year and win the grand final was pretty special, but then to also all get drafted and play play State 18s as well was, was something that, something in itself. Um, we look back now and we're all still pretty good mates when we catch up, we have a good chat about it all and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just good to, good to be able to get drafted with a bunch of boys and see them have great careers like they have. Yeah, what's that feeling when you do represent your state at the under-18s level and do you think there should be that introduced into the like AFL like every year? Do you think that should be a thing? Oh, definitely. I think, yeah, I think it just, I think it died out. Um, but now I think there's a real, real love for it, there's a real passion for it. I mean, everybody likes to uh, represent their states and whatnot. So, um, yeah, so it's just something that I think, oh, personally, I played in the uh, Hall of Fame match. I played in... In that one, I played a couple of EJ Witten games and, and stuff like that. So, but the Hall of Fame match was was something that yeah, something else, and you know, it, it was a great experience. To have all the best players in the comp, you know, line up against each other is something that I know they had one for the for the bushfires and that the relief for the bushfires and that, which was a great concept. And and yeah, I, I'm all for it. I think I think if they brought back State of Origin, I think the the fans would love it. You know, all of Australia would get behind it, and, and it'd be something in itself to be able to see you know players that don't play with each other. You know, year in year out, it's good to see them play those couple of games a year with each other, and and the best of the best go up against each other as well. Represent your state. Everyone's very proud of where they come from, so uh, for them to get that opportunity is something that I think the AFL should take. You know, obviously with COVID and all the rest of it now, so it'll be pretty difficult. But I think once everything settles down, I think it'd be a great opportunity for the AFL to to get that back on board. And I think, like I said, the the crowd would love it. Yeah, exactly. What was your lead up to the draft like? Um, like I mentioned, I got invited to the draft camp, so went to that. But then on draft day, I remember it was on TV back then. I think it was one of the first times it was way back then. Uh, it was '99, so um, so looking back now, it was on TV, so I was able to watch it. And, and because of the time difference of West Australia to, to Victoria, I had no idea about the time difference. So it started at twelve and in in, in Melbourne, but obviously Perth was three hours behind so yeah. I didn't catch it until I think the second round didn't catch the uh didn't catch it on TV till the second round so every time there was a Fremantle or West Coast pick I sort of paid 
paid attention and was hoping I got my name called out, so I got to stay home in Perth. But you know, fortunately enough, I got you know my name got called out, and I was ecstatic. And mum, mum was a one-eyed Collingwood supporter already, so she was wrapped. Um, she, yeah, so she was pretty happy. Dad was happy. So, and all I was thinking was, well, now I've got to leave WA. Kind of trying to figure it out and wrap my head around it. But you know, to have my name called out and get a phone call from the Collingwood Football Club to say welcome to the football club and start organising a trip to Melbourne to, to go to the football club and check it all out and, and obviously get get started with training and, and, and all that kind of stuff was, was exciting and, and something that I remember like was yesterday. So it was, um, yeah, a good experience. Yeah, how hard was that to leave, like, WA and come down to Victoria as an 18-year-old? Um, yeah, it was pretty difficult. Um, I had great family support, so mum and dad came over to help me settle in and, and that kind of stuff, so that was really great for them to, to do that for me and, and support me like they always had. I've got two brothers, so they, they came back and forth, back and forth. My older brother, Trevor, he moved over with me to make sure I settled in and he stayed a bit longer than that. Um doing what a big brother does for, for the little brother. So he came over and really made sure that I was settled in and I, I found my feet all right. So um, to have that kind of support held me in good stead. Um, I couldn't deal with the cold to start off with. Um, but then uh, I thought I had to get used to it and that's uh, plenty more trackies and plenty of footy socks taken home from the football club and, yeah, some hoodies while I was sleeping as well. So, uh, so yeah, so the cold really got to me, but... I was happy that I stuck it out and, and, and yeah, played as many games as I did and, and did what I did for the football club. Was there a particular club that you wanted to get drafted to or, or did you just want to get drafted? Oh, I just wanted to play AFL football. Uh, it was, like I said, it was a dream of mine from a very young age. So, um, But then, I suppose, when draft day came around, I always wanted to stay home in WA and where my family was, where my culture was and you know my country and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, but unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, but like I said, fortunately enough, my name did get called out, and, and I got picked up by a great club in Collingwood who took me in, and, and yeah, sort of looked after me the whole time. Nick played a big part in that. Coming from Perth, he just finished coaching West Coast when he went to uh, Collingwood the same year that I did. So um, it was great for him to be there and, and look after me the way he did, and have the support of, of you know blokes like Ben Johnson and Reece Shaw who got drafted that year as well. They kind of understood. Um, the difficulties that I was going to be having and being from Victoria. So um, they really looked after me and Mark Kleinman as well. He was team manager at the time and Mark Clarke wouldn't have stayed as long as I did um, if it wasn't for someone like Mark Kleinman, Neil Barm, who really looked after me as well. Yeah, what was going through your mind when your name did get called out and you were drafted to the Pies? Um, I thought what AFL team named Collingwood lived in WA. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really, yeah. Didn't really think in straight away, but yeah, look, mum, mum and dad were excited, brothers were excited, the family and that, so it was, it was something, a bit of shock uh, to finally, you know, want something for, for so many years since a very young age, and then for it to happen and, and my name get called out, and I'm, yeah, I've been picked up by an AFL team, um, it was, yeah, it was exciting, a bit of a shock, um, but yeah, like I said, exciting, all the same. How did you find out that you were debuting? Um, well, fortunate enough for me, we played some, um, my first, my first experience of playing in some, um, in the Ansett Cup back then, Ansett Cup, um, which was the pre-season competition, so we played some practice matches and that, and got a few kicks in those, so it helped me in good stead to get picked the first, 
round one. So, um, so yeah, look, he let me know pretty early that I'd be playing in that and, and a couple of the other younger guys as well. We had Josh Fraser get drafted, um, number one draft pick. So, he, you know, players like that and, and, and myself, were, it was good for us to be able to play that first game. So, I had a pretty good pre-season. So, yeah, like I said, I probably weighed about 55, 60 kilo back then. So, there was nothing of me. I was pretty fit and... Yeah, sort of played all right in those pre-season games, so it helped me in good stead to get picked for round one. How happy were you to be able to perform in them pre-season games to put yourself in a position to get selected? Yeah, well, I didn't think about it too much. It was, it was just yeah, happy to happy to get out and play. I think being in Melbourne and away from away from home and all that kind of stuff, the only outlet of enjoyment that I did have was uh, playing footy. So any time I got to go to training, you know, or want to stay there longer and you know, stay there as long as I could to, to, to kick footies around and all that kind of stuff because it made me not think about home. So, to be able to play in those games was very exciting and, and yeah, I, I just, yeah, just, just couldn't wait to get out and play because I missed home so much and all the stuff that took my mind off it. So, um, so yeah, so playing in those games was was exciting and, and yeah, helped, like I said, helped me in good stead to, to get, a, get a game round one, so. What was going through your head when you were about to walk out to play your first game? Oh, it was pretty, pretty daunting. I suppose it was. Uh, didn't really know what to expect. Um, with a with a big crowd and, and you know the the Collingwood supporter base that they do have, it was. You know, I played Hawthorne my first game, so it was good to, you know, debut and, and in front of a big crowd like that. Um, didn't um, set the world on fire, that's for sure. But it was a good experience to get out and you know have a run around, have a kick, and and, and yeah, experience that. You know what I've been wanting to do. You know for a very very long time. When you did get out there and the first bounce happened, did you sort of soak it in, or did you just try and get down to business and get into it? Oh, you sort of. You know, you got things you needed to work on, and certain places you need to stand on the ground and your structures and all that kind of stuff. So I was all about that and just trying to um trying to do what you can to be in the right spot and not you know, not get yelled out by the coach. That's for sure. So. There was, it was something that, you know, after the game I sort of soaked it in a bit, but, you know, at the start of the game and, and leading up to it, it's all about focusing in on what you need to be doing and where you need to be. So, so it's just something that, yeah, you, you're full on trying to think about all that. So, yeah, your mind's pretty much well taken, taken over for all the stuff you need to be trying to do. Yeah, how happy were you to notch up almost 40 games in your first two years at the Pies? Yeah, it was... It was a good achievement, uh, looking back now. But at the same time, I didn't really, under, I didn't really take full advantage of, of um, I suppose, working hard for you know what I got. I was you know very inexperienced, and, and that showed. I played a couple of games. Went back to VFL and played played a right and got a call up and played a couple of games. Got dropped. So I was in and out of the sorts, and that just came down to yeah, the inexperience and immaturity, I suppose, where. You know, it was it was hard to get that consistency there. So, um, so yeah, so it was something that I needed to work on, and I did. So, um, so yeah, but for the first couple of years, and that I was in and out the side. I'd yeah, and, and I suppose the bad thing with that is our VFL side was Williamstown, so I had to go right out there near the beach where it was probably twice as cold as what it was yeah. at Victoria Park. So yeah, so I was out there running around for inexperience experience, and the, yeah, so the inconsistencies were there. So. But at the same time, it was good to be able to get out and play those games early in my career. Held me in good stead for later on, that's for sure. How hard was that to be dropped from Collingwood and then going to have to play in the VFL with Werribee? 
Oh, it was pretty, yeah, it was a bit embarrassing and stuff like that, but as a young kid, you know, it's all part of the process. Um, you know, once you get a bit older and if, if, if you get, if you're going back down there, it's a bit more embarrassing and you sort of, you know, you sort of want to make, you know, to play, play well, not to stay down there. Um, there's a lot of, uh, at the same time, some, some, some of the bonuses of that is there are a lot of young kids on the list that, that play down there and, you know, you get to go back and, and, and play alongside of them and help them out on their development stuff like that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. How hard was it to lose consecutive grand finals in 02 and 03? Yeah, it was pretty hard. Um, it's something that you look back now and, you know, you, you really do realise how how good of a side Brisbane were. Um, you take no, you know, take nothing away from them. They were, they were a great side at the time. And, you know, for us it was, you know, we were, we were the underdogs and, and no one gave us, a, gave us a chance. So, you know, for us to to get to those grand finals was, was something in itself. But at the same time, you, you know, you want to be winning them and, you look back down, you know, if only what, what if and stuff like that. So, but like I said, it was disappointing to, to look back now and always, always thinking about it. And, and um, yeah, it's disappointing, but at the same time, it's, it's yeah, you take nothing away from great side in Brisbane, you know, the, or great side at the time. And they showed that. Yeah. How much do you take away from them grand finals? Because it's still hard to make them, but you would have liked to ultimately get up in them. Oh, definitely. You know, like it's, uh, it's, it's a long conversation with Scotty Burns not so long ago. You know, we chat about that, and you know, it'd be great to sit back now and just would have, you know, would have been great to pinch one of them. But um, but yeah, look, it's something that, like I've always said, you know, I've been asked questions plenty of times. So it's, I've always said, look, Brisbane were a great side and a great team and one of the all-time greatest midfields, you know, of football ever. So you know, they were a great side at the time, and, and yeah, they showed that by winning. The grand finals they did and being such a dominant side for those years. Yeah, one of the great teams ever to play. Um, what was your feeling like during your milestone games? Um, yeah, they were good. Um, to look back now and and play those, you know, hundred, hundred fifty, you know, or fifty, hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred. Um, you know, for myself, it 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 was it was a little bit. Sweeter than I suppose anyone else because, you know, playing at Collingwood being the first, you know, First Nations person, you know, Indigenous player to play, you know, 100 games, 150, 200, you yeah, know, that's special in itself. Um, to get drafted there and, and, you know, really not have any want to stay there and, and just thought I'd go there and go back home to play football. But then obviously to stay there as long as I did and, and, and play the games I did. It's something that you, yeah, you can celebrate at the time with your family and you know everyone that supported me and, and from the start, like multiple parents, my brothers, you know, my sisters and that there. So it's real, you know, it's really good to be able to celebrate that with them. Uh, obviously, being from Perth and you know being in Melbourne playing and, and that kind of stuff, it was good to get them over that week and and you know and celebrate it with them. So yeah, really, really, really good. And I look back now, I'm very, very proud of you know, of those achievements. Yeah, how in during the O nine season you missed a lot of the second half of that season. How hard was that? Um Yeah, it was a bit yeah, it was a bit difficult. Uh any time you're missing any games of football it's hard to, you know, maintain your, your fitness and maintain your, your match fitness and that kind of stuff. So, so any time you you fall out of the side and you're not playing, you know, the top level and, and, and getting that 
match fitness in, you know, week in, week out. It becomes very, very hard. So, so that, you know, that, that's why having a big pre-season is important because it holds you, you know, in the right place for the season coming up. During 2009, when you kicked a career-high 35 goals and were All-Australian, how happy were you with your individual performance throughout that year? Um, I suppose individually, I, I got a lot fitter, so it was just a reward for my, for my work rate. Um, you know, I had a good pre-season and, 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 yeah, really worked hard all year to, to, to be fit enough up to the standard that I wanted to be to play the football that I, that I did. So, um, so it was a reward enough personally, but... I think we got knocked out by Geelong that year. Uh, so, you know, years like that where, you know, personally you have a good year, ultimately the team doesn't get what you play for. So it's something that, you know, it's bittersweet. So, yeah. What is your feeling, then when you get knocked out but you've had a good year personally? Um, yeah, like I just said, it's bittersweet. You know, you, you work hard and you get those rewards personally, but ultimately you play football because it's a team sport. So... You know, if, if you know if one person's having a good season and the rest aren't, then you know the team does doesn't do too well. So, um, yeah, I just look back on it and it's a wasted year. You know, you work hard, and like a lot of boys do. If the team doesn't have that success, then you know it's pretty much just a wasted year. That you know you, the what ifs, and you know you wish things were different, and, and the team has that success, but at the same time, it's it's yeah, it's just disappointing. So yeah, yeah, you play for team success, not individual. Yeah, definitely, yep. What was it like playing in the drawn grand final and then being dropped for the replay? How tough was that on you? Uh, it was disappointing, um, but at the same time, it was, it was, for myself, it was justified. I didn't do enough um, in the drawn wonder to hold my spot. So, obviously, we you know, fully understand, understood the coach's decision and mixed decision to, to not play me in the second one. So, you know, and I, I came to terms with that. You know, the, the phone call that I got from Mick to let me know that I wasn't playing at the... In the replay, we had a good chat about it that day, and, and you know, it sat well with me straight after that phone call. I've always had a great relationship with Mick, so um, so yeah, he, he explained explained it the way he did, and, and you know, I was fine with that. And, and yeah, it was something that just got back to training and got around the boys, and and you know, made sure that they knew that that I wasn't shitty or I wasn't dirty on it all, and, and all that, and I expected accepted it. And, made sure that they knew that they had my full support and, and you know, so so just, just yeah, just got on with it pretty quick and got the training and, you know, we're around the boys and all that kind of stuff and, and yeah, just had a good had a good lead up to the grand final and obviously I wasn't playing, but yeah, to make sure that the boys felt, you know, there, there was no, you know, ill will towards Nick or, or the coaching staff or anything like that was, was, was a positive for me and made sure that, you know, something that I made sure that I did and, and yeah. Yeah, what was that like? Um, sitting in the stands and watching, considering you'd played the week before. Yeah, a bit the same. Like, yeah, it was disappointing, but at the same time, you know, it, it's a it's a team sport. And as much as I would have loved to have been out there with the boys and 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 stood up on the, you know, got my name called out and got up there and and, and got a medal and that kind of stuff. It, it you know, it's a team sport and and whatnot. So I I enjoyed it just as much as anyone else. I reckon when you know when the boys won and. And we all celebrated together after it. So as much as I didn't play in the game, like it's a long season, and you know we all we all as a football club sort of celebrated pretty hard that we won it. So yeah, that that, that was all part of it. But it was very yeah, like I said, very very disappointing to to not play in it. That's for sure. Play that many games and that many years, and, and to miss out on the one time that we do win it. Um, yeah, it, it still doesn't. You know, it's still sort of a bit of a feeling in my gut about it. But you know, at the same time, it, it's something that. 
you know, fully understood and, and sort of made right with me, you know, that day when he called me to tell me I wasn't playing, so moved on for, from it pretty quick. Yeah, how happy were you to win gold the year in 2008? Um, yeah, I suppose... I suppose the goal itself wasn't the, the special thing for me. Um, you know, to be able to do that over in WA in front of my family, I think we had about 30 in the stands that night. So, um, yeah, so it, it's something that for me to be able to do that over there and that's what made it special for me. Um, you know, doing kicking those kind of goals in, in Melbourne and that kind of stuff wouldn't have felt the same if, you know, than, than what it did when I, when I was kicking them back home in WA. What was going through your head when you moved back to the um, half-back line when you'd played most of your AFL career in the forward line? Oh, it was a bit of a shock to start off with. Start of pre-season and uh, Mick called me over and let me know. He said, oh, look, Mick's forwards and backs were all separating to go do their own, like, you know, their, their line drill and all that kind of stuff. And then, like every other year, I went to walk off and head down to the forwards with, you know, with Travi Cloak and, and the boys and... And, yeah, Mick sort of called me over and said, no, no, you go with the backline group. And, yeah, I sort of laughed it off and, and walked off and thought he was taking a piss. But, yeah, he called me back over and he said, mate, you need to, yeah, I'm serious. You're going to be playing in the backline this year. And, you know, and sort of explained that, you know, I needed a, I needed a challenge after the year before and, and you know, needed a, you know, just, just I suppose just, yeah, needed a new challenge and, and Mick being the great coach that he is and, a thinker of the game like like he always has been. He um yeah he sort of seen that that's what I needed and and yeah sort of from then on it was just yeah work hard and work on yeah learning learning everything to do with you know how the boys played down back and and got in sync with those boys down there and you know Nicky Maxwell he sure you know those guys to to really you know really helped me out to fit in down there and yeah uh, by far it was my most enjoyable year at the club. How happy were you to make an all Australian team playing off that half back flank? Yeah, once again it was, it was the same as before, same question as before. Like, you know, individually had a good year and made all Australian, but you know, ultimately would have loved to have tried that any day of the week to, to beat Geelong in that grand final, that's for sure. So, um so yeah, personally it was it was rewarding to put in the hard work and, and yeah, and, and get that individual award but you know, I'd trade that and everything else to, to be able to beat along that day and, you know, it, yeah. How happy were you this year to see the Indigenous game up in Darwin? Um, yeah, look, it, it, it's, it, to me, it, it's great for it to be up in Darwin and great for it to be moved around. Um, I think if they moved it to, I think, same as the uh, Indigenous game, the All-Stars, Indigenous All-Stars, it was, all, it was up in Darwin for the first couple of times, but... I think then they started moving it. It went to Perth. I think it was in Melbourne. So, yeah, look, it's, you know, although, you know, for, for, for myself, it's, it's it's good to see it go up there. But hopefully they can move it around to, to you know, obviously there in, in Melbourne um, and move it around Australia. It's, it's something that, you know, it, it celebrates culture. It celebrates you know, our history. So, you know, and, and that, that's all over Australia. That's not just in Melbourne. That's not just in WA. Darwin, you know, Queensland, that kind of stuff, it's everywhere. So hopefully that can move it around to, to take it all over Australia. Uh, there's over 250 different tribal groups throughout Australia, so, you know, that that, that needs to be celebrated and, and, and hopefully that, that can happen. So, But for it to be up and down this year, it was great. It was, yeah, it was fantastic. 
for for you know for Daniel Rioli. Like all the boys that go up there and experience culture up there. You know, some are from there, some aren't. You know, but we're all very, very proud of our culture and 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 we all love to love to share it. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully you can keep moving around and 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 yeah, take it to all over Australia and, and you know experience all the different cultures. You know, within our within our country. Yeah. Um, what's your view on racism in the game at the minute? Um, it's something that's always been there. Um, you know, for us, it's, you know, from, for myself, um, it's, it's just another day of the week. You know what I mean? Like for us, it, we, we experience it every day, you know, and I, I still do. You know, it's not, you know, it's it probably once, twice, three times a week, you know, just depending on what's going on. Yeah, you know, in, in my every every week, kind of you know day to day kind of stuff. You know, it's still stuff that you see on social media. You know, it's still stuff that you you witness down the street. It, it, it's you know, it's subtle. It, it, it's in your face. It, it's it doesn't matter what kind of racism it is. You know, it's racism. So um, for myself, it, it it's something that's getting. It's something that's getting you know uh, it's getting talked about a lot more and it's getting called out a lot more and. People like to, you know, sort of like to think that it, it, it's happening more now. Well, no, it's not. It's just getting called out more due to social media, due to people, you know, taking it upon themselves to understand it more. So, um, so for myself, it, it's, you know, it, it's in in the AFL like it's highlighted, you know. But, you know, it, what I think about is I think about blokes that, you know, people that don't play AFL, people that aren't famous, that can't, you know, that don't have a voice for themselves. You know, that's why it's so great that. You know, people that have names and 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 play AFL and are celebrities, actors, and all these kind of guys that that can make a difference and can make a stand. It's great that they do so because they do speak up for people that don't have a voice. So, so for myself, you know, racism in the game it, it's always been there. It's always been a society thing. It's always been it's in the history of you know, like it's in it's in our history. So it's passed down from generation to generation, and and you know something that is slowly getting stamped out, but unfortunately, it's still there. You know, it's relaxed racism, like I said. So, you know, it doesn't matter what type of racism is still there. So it's something that we put up with every day of our lives. And to see players, you know, on the football field have to deal with it is disappointing. But at the same time, it's, it's no different to, to our everyday lives where, you know, it's happening. Yeah, how happy are you with the players and people that are standing up for it? Oh, it's great. It, 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 it's great because they, they don't only speak up for themselves. They're speaking up for people that, that don't have a voice as well. So it's something that, you know, we'll, we'll keep working towards working towards calling it out and, and, yeah, sort of making sure that, you know, it's slowly, slowly, you know, going away and, and, and it's not acceptable, that's for sure. But at the same time, you, you know, people that, that, that say racist stuff or do racist things you know it's because they don't understand you know they don't understand the history of australia they don't you know they haven't taken upon themselves to educate themselves you know so for us it, it's it's all about that you know if, if they were educated on the true history of australia then you know then they might have a different opinion but it's it's, it's an easy go-to to try and offend someone to try and hurt someone that's for sure so it, it, it's something that yeah like i said we'll, we'll keep working on calling it out and, and making sure we don't don't accept it and, and, and make sure that, you know, because we have children, you know, we have to make it better for, for our children and the next generation, like the generation before us did as well. You know, the blokes in that play AFL now and the blokes that are out there running around, you know, and that are on AFL lists now, that they wouldn't have it the way they do if it weren't for, you know, your, your Mick Longs, your, your Nicky Winmars, all these guys, your Adam Goodses, 
you know, all these guys that, that pave the way for, for the boys to have it the way they do now is something that, you know, they have to continue that fight. They have to continue that to make sure it's easier and easier for the next generations to come. Yeah, exactly. How um hard was it to take to not earn a contract despite being all Australian the year before? Um, yeah, a few things played a played a factor in that. Um, but at the same time, it was, you know, I, it sat well with me. I wasn't, you know, it, it I was happy with my decision um, to not to not stay after things didn't work out. So um, so yeah, look, I, it, 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 I was happy with that decision once I. Once I made it and, and, and went back to WA, it was, it was something that I was happy with and, and it sat very well with me um, when, yeah, like I said, things didn't work out. So, How hard was it to retire from the game that you loved? Um, wasn't as hard as what some people think. Um, always got asked that, um, do you wish you would have stayed and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, But for me, it was, uh, you know, at, at the time, it was more... It was more more to my life than, than playing AFL and, and, and staying at Collingwood and, and you know playing playing football at the top level um, a lot of my culture to learn I had a lot of um, catching up with my family back home and that kind of stuff so the decision that played a big part of me leaving How happy were you with your overall career at the Pies although you didn't get the team success Yeah no oh, yeah oh, happy with Happy with my achievements. Happy with um, with what I was able to do at the football club um, and staying as long as I did. Uh, it would have been easy to chuck it in and, and head home because I was homesick and all that kind of stuff. But stayed as long as I did, and yeah, really, really happy with with my achievements there. But um, in saying that, you know, played in four grand finals. You know, to be able to, you know, obviously trying to to look back now and yeah, sort of wish I could have. You know, snuck one of those in and, and won one. So, um, so yeah, that, that's probably a disappointing part of it, yep. What was it like when you got presented the um, grand final medal but you actually didn't play in the winning one? Yeah, it was a bit weird. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, didn't put it on, that's for sure. Um, uh, same as a Premiership Cup. You know, I didn't, didn't hold it, didn't, you know, obviously knew I was playing the next season and, and, yeah, really, really wanted to, you know, win one and you know, take full of enjoyment of holding it, you know, being able to play in it. So um, it was pretty weird to receive a medal, but at the same time, it's, it's yeah, look, it, it's something that didn't really mean much to me, uh, knowing that I didn't play in that game. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's just something that, you know, I'll, I'll made me work harder to play the next year. Who were some of the best players that you played with and against? Um, played with Bucks. You know, one of the all-time greats. Um, Definitely. You know, like knew 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 who he was when I got to the football club. That's for sure. So, um, so yeah, just him and his work rate. Paul Lecuria with his work rate. You know, you got your Didacs. You know, James Clement. He was a you know he was a defender. You know, Copeland Trophy winner. Um, blokes like that. Anthony Rocker. You know, the list goes on. Um, and playing against, look, no, they they get no better than Adam Goods. You know, like. He was someone that, you know, I looked up to and, and one of my all-time favourite players, that's for sure. So, um, you know, the, the list goes on as well. Like, players that, you know, everyone's favourites are, are my favourites as well. So, But all the Indigenous players are, are players that, you know, I sort of enjoyed watching and enjoyed playing against, that's for sure. So, yep. Who were some of your idols that you loved watching growing up? Um, Chris Laws, probably the main one. Uh, Peter Matera. 
Um, yeah, those two, um, yeah, were, were definitely two that, that I really enjoyed watching. Nicky Winmar was another one. Um, but, yeah, just just, just because um, Peter Mature and Chris Lewis played in WA, so now they played at the Eagles, so Eagles were on TV a lot more back home. So, yeah, got to watch them a lot more than anyone else. But, yeah, to, to, to be able to watch them too and, and get to know them personally, once I got drafted and, and sort of in the system, it was something that, yeah, was very fortunate. So, yeah, used to love watching him play. Who do you think is the best Indigenous player of all time? Um, I'd have to say Adam Goods. Uh, no disrespect to anyone else, but, you know, Goods, he did what he did, and, and not only on the field, but off the field as well. Um, he's, he's definitely paved the way for Indigenous generations to come to, to you know, to play AFL and, and you know, for him to go out of the game the way he did was very, very disappointing. And you know, but at the same time, it, it's something that you know, it's just, it's just another issue that you know the AFL and, and and Australia as a whole need to deal with. But you know, to answer the question, Adam Goods is someone that you know he, that I put up there and and really, really, yeah, really admire for what he did on the field and off the field, more so off the field. Yeah, he did tons for. Aboriginals and Aboriginal communities off the field and just stood up for what he believed was right. Yeah, definitely, yep. If you have any advice for youngsters, what would that be? Oh, just enjoy it. You know, don't take it for granted. You know, I was told that when I got drafted and went to went to Collingwood, you know, they, you know, everyone used to tell me, oh, it'll be over as quick as, you know, make sure you take full advantage of the opportunity and make the most of it, it'll be over before you know it, that kind of stuff, but... You know, the advice I'd give to them is, is never give up, you know, chase your dreams and, and you know, like with, with the right work ethic and, and the right people around you, you know, there's nothing you can't achieve. So, um, so yeah, just enjoying it as well. Enjoy the moment and, 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 and yeah, take it for what it's worth. I think that's everything, all the questions I've got for you, Leon. Thanks, H, yep. once again for coming on. No worries at all, boys. Thanks for having me any time at all. Um, yeah, really enjoyed having a chat with you. We'll now jump into this week's round review. Starting off with North Melbourne and Port. Port absolutely flogged North. It was close in the first half. North, I reckon, should have been up at halftime. Played good in the first half, but after that, Port just took over. Trove Boak was really good for Port once again. It's probably second or third in the Brownlow for me. Had one goal, 34 touches. Ollie Wines was good with two goals and 30 disposals. And Luke Davies Uniac had a really good game. He'll be a really good talent, I reckon. Had 23 touches and 16 of them contested. Moving on to St Kilda Hawthorne. It's a really close game, this one. Either side could have won. If Hawthorne took their chances late, they should have got up. But it's 40 years in it for you. Saints ended up getting the chocolates 80 to 66. Tom Mitchell was brilliant once again with one goal, 27 touches. Will Day, this kid's going to be a star. Had 21 touches. Jack Steele was instrumental once again, probably coming third in the round low behind um, Christian Petrarca. He had one goal and 21 touches. And Nick Caulfield had 21 touches and 11 marks. He's been in really good form lately. Cats vs Essendon. Cats absolutely pumped him. They lacked off in the second half, but that's understandable. They were flogging him at halftime. If they didn't lack off, they could have won by 100, I reckon. Sam Menegola, one of the most improved players this year, had two goals, 30 touches and six marks. Tommy Hawkins has had a ripper year, definitely All-Australian. 
kicked four and had eight marks. And grime-wise, was really good for the Cats again. He's been a really underrated player for Geelong this year, and he's going to be a real star in the competition. Three goals and 15 touches. Moving on to the Dogs and <coughs> Eagles. Bit of controversy on the call with this one, but I think that I'm just going to write. Josh Tungley was good. <coughs> One goal, two, 22 touches and nine tackles. Whilst Lockie Hunter and Caleb Annual had 24 and 25 respectively. And Jack McKay was also good once again, having 29 touches. And Mitch Wallace keeps finding the sticks. Same with Josh Cannon. They both had two goals, two apiece. We're right on to Melbourne and Freire. You cannot understand Melbourne this year. You don't know what's going on with them. They're either really good or they're really bad. So, Adam Chero's been really good this year for Frio, one goal, one and 30 touches. Max Gorn returned and was instrumental once again. Christian pa- Christian Petrarca had zero goals to 25 touches and four tackles. He's got really close to Lockie Neal, in my opinion, for the Brownlow. He's been in very good form the last two months. Whereas Lockie Neal hasn't, he's been getting tagged a lot more. So, I think he will be closer to Neal than what some people think. Jack Viney was also good once again, 27 touches and 5 tackles. Moving on to Adelaide and GWS. Geez, GWS inconsistent. They lose to two of the poorer sides. It's good for Adelaide to get two wins on the board, build their confidence up. Hopefully they'll, they can get another win on the board by the end of this year, take some confidence into next year and see what we saw when they made it to that grand final. Matt Crouch was good once again. One goal, 27 touches and 12 tackles. He's been instrumental to Crow's good form. I don't know why they dropped him at the start of the year, but he's been in roofing form as of late. Lockie Whitfield was a shining light for JDRS. Had 29 touches, 5 marks and 7 tackles. Rory Laird, him going into the midfield has been the best move Adelaide have made this year. Had 28 touches, 9 tackles and 18 contested. Whilst the other Crouch, Brad, was really instrumental having 31 touches as well. Moving on to Carlton, Sydney, Matty Cottrell, love him. Salvation, Fela Sandy was going too hard. I loved it. Absolutely brilliant. Sam Walsh was good once again. One goal, one, 25 touches and nine marks. People are saying Bailey Smith's the best second-year player, but Sam Walsh has had a really underrated season. I know he didn't start that well, but he's had a really good end to his year. Paddy Cripps was good once again. Didn't rack up a lot of ball, but had seven touches, seven tackles and a goal with 17 disposals. Jacob Wiedering, instrumental once again, 16 touches, 12 marks, and 8 intercept possessions. While Jakey Lloyd, once again, rock slide down defence, had 24 touches, 3 marks, and 3 tackles. So he was good once again. If he doesn't make all Australian, that's one of the biggest snubs. But people just don't recognise him a lot. But I still believe he should make it. And then Brisbane versus Gold Coast. Brisbane absolutely pumped him. Although they did have a few injuries with Jared Barry and Brandon Stasevich going down. But they should be right. Dane Zorko, two goals, one, 25 touches and nine marks, was instrumental for the Lions. Lockie Neal just racks them up, 33 touches. And Charlie Cameron, two goals, three, 15 touches and seven marks. Hugh McCluggage was good once again, one goal, 28 touches and four marks. And the two shining lights for um, Gold Coast were Brendan Ellis, who had 25 touches and six marks. And Hugh Greenwood, 25 touches and four marks. They were really good for the Suns, but... Brisbane were just way too good over the top. And with Brisbane, people were saying that how they're going to go with Andrews, I think they'll be fine. That Jack Payne played really good last night. And Dizzy Gardner can take the number one forward for each side. And I think he can lock them down just as well as Andrews. Like, Andrews will be big out. But 
I feel like they have the players that can fill them holes. Jumping to my tips for next round. St Kilda and West Coast at the Gabba. West Coast haven't been that good in Queensland, so I'm going to go to the Saints. By, I think, three goals. They need to bounce back after a poor performance against Hawthorne, even though they got the W, but still think St Kilda will get up. Next one, Geelong Richmond. Be a really good one at Metricon. I'm tipping the Tigers in this one. Just feel like they have more balance across the ground. So, yeah, Tigers, but I think only three points. So, North and Freo, Freo comfortably. They're a good side, Freo. Underrated side in North, they're just woeful at the minute. So, I'm tipping Freo by five or six goals. Port versus Essendon. Port comfortably as well. A few easy tips this round, but there's also a few close ones. So, yeah, Port will get up comfortably against the Dons. GWS and Melbourne is just tough because they're both coming off bad losses. GWS to Adelaide and Melbourne too. Can't remember who, but they're not a very good side. So I, I'm going the Giants just. Carlton and Adelaide, I think it'll be a really good game. Carlton should get up though. And then Hawks and the Dogs, Dogs easily. Hawthorne is shocking at the minute. Over at Adelaide, really depend on how well Hawthorne's forward line work. Their midfield's good enough, it's just they don't have a tall target down in the forward line. Sydney, Brisbane, Brisbane comfortably. Sydney aren't a good side this year. They've had their fair share of injuries, so. But yeah, they're rebuilding like Hawthorne, Adelaide, North. So yeah, Brisbane get chocolates fairly easily. I think they'll also rest a few players because they got a few out injured. So I think they'll rest a couple. Collingwood, Gold Coast will be a really tough game to pick, I think, because Collingwood aren't in very good form. Neither Gold Coast aren't really either, so I'm going to go to the Pies. Thanks everyone for tuning in this week. Got. Aaron Lord on next week so if any of you have any questions for him just let me know um thanks everyone for tuning in and don't forget to tune in next week